good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So we will start off with the breaking news that's just come true in the last half an hour. The court has suspended the government information decree which prohibits the spreading of news that can cause panic even if true. The court says the government has no legal grounds to cut off internet and the decree is against the constitution. So this comes as a big blow to the Prayut Junta government. I'd say he is fuming right now that a court would undermine him in such a way. But the court has followed the constitution and basically states that what the government have been doing is completely illegal and it cannot continue. So it certainly means that people can live in a little less fear of being able to criticize the government without getting in trouble. And that needs to continue. The government need to be held to account all the time and not get away with the nonsense that they have been over the last few months. As I've said constantly on this show, do a better job and you'll get less criticism. Continue to do a shit job and you will be criticized even more. Now we will jump into the tragic story of a Swiss woman who has been found dead in the Phuket sandbox. A Swiss woman, 57 years old, was found dead among rocks at a waterfall on Thursday afternoon. She was believed to be raped and murdered. Natapong Sidam, 31, a native of Tambon Vichet in Muang district, informed local police after finding the body at about 1.30pm yesterday. Police found the body of a woman, about 164 centimetres tall, lying face down in the water among rocks, about one kilometre from the entrance of Aoyan Waterfall in Tambon Vichette. Her body was covered with a black sheet. Her feet emerged above the water. She wore a pink t-shirt, a jacket and a necklace with a silver-like coin. Police estimated she had died at least three days ago. They also found what appeared to be her passport and name card. A source from the Immigration Bureau said the woman was identified as Nicole Savant Weisskopf. Near the body, police spotted jean shorts and panties. Black Nike trainers and a mobile phone were dropped nearby. Police said the woman had arrived at Phuket Airport on July 13th under the Phuket Sandbox Reopening Scheme, which began on July 1. Project was the government's bid to revive tourism, the lifeline of the Southern Island Province's economy. An immigration police source said the woman had arrived alone from Singapore and stayed in the Dusat Thani Laguna Hotel from July 13 to 27 before moving to the Mooring Resort Hotel. A witness saw her walking out of the hotel towards the beach at about 2pm on Tuesday. She had visited Phuket in 2019 and later left Chiang Mai province for Singapore. Body was sent to Vishira Phuket Hospital for an autopsy. Police were gathering evidence and investigating the death. The Deputy Prime Minister and Foreign Minister, Don Pramudwenai, has extended his condolences over the murder of the Swiss government official in Phuket. Tani Sangrat, spokesman for the Foreign Ministry, said on Friday that Mr. Don phoned the Swiss ambassador to Thailand to express his sympathy directly. Governor of Phuket also phoned the ambassador and promised the murderer would be arrested as soon as possible. The Foreign Ministry expected the result of an autopsy on the body on Friday morning. The National Police Chief was set to visit Phuket on Friday to supervise the investigation. Government spokesman Anup Burachari said later that Prime Minister Prayut chan cha has also extended his condolences to the victim's family. The Prime Minister has issued orders that the killer be found quickly and that protection for tourists be improved in the national economic interest, he said. 
So firstly, condolences to this lady, this Swiss national who was uh, murdered in Phuket a couple of days ago. It's a very, very sad situation for her family and relatives and friends. And I'm sure they're very distressed at this moment in time. It's very hard to talk about this without getting a little bit angry about what's gone on. It took three days for somebody to discover that she had been there. And it would also point the finger at why nobody at the hotel would have thought that the woman hadn't been back for three days. Was the alarm not raised? Did somebody not think something was a little off? I don't know. Just a thought there really quickly. Now, the prime minister is calling for the killer to be found quickly. Well, I wouldn't be calling for the killer to be found quickly because that's how mistakes are made. What I would do and what I would hope is that the police have a competent and diligent investigation and ensure that the correct killer is brought to justice. When you rush things, that's how forensic mistakes are made. When you rush things, that's how you end up arresting the wrong people for the murder. And what we need is the correct person to be arrested with the correct evidence so that we won't have issues where people are still talking years later whether the two Myanmar boys in Koh Tao were the ones that really killed them. What we need is we need definitive proof that the person who did this has been caught and it is the correct person. No quick investigations. What we need is diligent investigations. Coppers doing their job and ensuring they get the right guy. It is a terrible blow for the Phuket Sandbox model. As I look through the internet today, it's been broadcast in Germany, Switzerland, and many other countries, and it will put fear and doubt into people about coming to Phuket. Now, I will be frank and honest. I have lived in Phuket for close to 10 years, and I always have felt very safe there. I've never felt that there's been any issue with safety for me and my family. We've never had any problems. I'm sure they do exist, though, because sometimes you do see in the paper things that happen. Now, I've been reading the Thai version of different websites where the story has appeared and especially local Phuket news websites and there seems to be some kind of an issue with this area where the murder seems to have taken place. Now people have commented a lot that over the last year it's become a lot rougher. There seems to be maybe a lot of junkies hanging out up there and mainly because of the pandemic and the economic situation that people in this area have gotten a little poor and it's become a little more desolate. Now that's not saying anybody in that area has murdered anyone but people have said that they wouldn't go near the area themselves at this current moment in time. So that's also something definitely to think about. Let's just hope that as I said the investigation is done properly, it's done competently and the correct killer is brought to justice. I'd love to know though what you think about all this. I think over the next few days, though, we're going to see probably more information released and certainly hopefully more forensics about what may or may not have happened. We'll leave the story at this today. And as we get more updates over the next couple of days, we'll definitely bring that to you. The Sandbox has been seen as the sole hope for revival. The Andaman Island welcomed 14,055 international travellers, contributing 829 million baht, which created a multiplier effect of 1.9 million baht for the local economy and led to 2,719 full-time jobs, according to the Tourism and Sports Ministry. However, active supply and employment haven't returned to normal, as most operators are anxious about unpredictability in demand amid extremely high uncertainty. Consac, 
Sambung Sakorn, president of the Thai Hotel Association Southern Chapter, said three to 400 hotels or 30,000 rooms will become active in the third quarter. The number is a far cry from the pre-pandemic level of 2,500 to 3,000 hotels, generating 300,000 rooms, which could create at least 150,000 jobs in the province. He said hotels in the sandbox had an average of 30 to 50 staff after downsizing during the outbreak. The actual employment rate remains at 12,000 to 15,000 workers. There are 40 to 50,000 tourism jobs in Phuket under the social security system. Most of them are under leave without pay policy as employers want to keep businesses closed until the province shows more promising signs. Mr. Consac said another 700 to 800 hotels may reopen in the fourth quarter and those furloughed workers will be the first group to come back to their posts. The sandbox is the only solution for tourism to live with the virus. If we can move forward to the upcoming high season, there will be an uptick in demand from 5% occupancy rate to 20 to 30%, Mr. Consac said. Hoteliers might not benefit much from the first stage of the sandbox, particularly hotels that were closed for more than a year since the virus emerged, said the chief executive of Davina Hotels and Resorts. Hotels that decided to reopen have to be either international brands or those that serve local guests and continue their operations despite tourism slowdown. Divina Hotels and Resorts have six properties in Phuket, of which three hotels in Patong remain closed and the rest serve as state local quarantine facilities for high-risk contacts. This is very typical of many, many hotel operators in Phuket, Panya, and many other places around Thailand right now. There is not going to be very much employment at the beginning. Despite what the Tourism Authority of Thailand tried to say yesterday, there is not going to be an uptick in employment in Phuket, Panya, or any of these tourist areas where they're trying to sandbox out because employers are just not confident about rehiring people. Now, just to burst another little myth there was uh, the talking about furloughed workers. Now, furloughed workers means they're being paid, which they are not. There is nobody being paid by the government. That's it. That's not furlough, okay? They've actually resigned from their job. They like to use these words as if there's some kind of government support. There's not. And there's nothing for hoteliers. There's nothing for workers. Many staff in hotels at the moment, even hotels that have sandbox guests, are still working 15 days on and 15 days off and getting paid a half a salary each month. Now, that's the reality of the situation in many of these hotels. It's just how it has to be right now. Employers cannot afford to hire new staff. So you may go to some of these hotels and find that there's actually very few staff working there. Maybe one receptionist when you check in. Every department is cut because the levels that were pre-pandemic are not sustainable with a handful of rooms. Unless you can manage to get yourself 67 to 70% occupancy with the hotel, you're not rehiring anybody. So yes, big hotels with 300 rooms have only 50, 60 staff running around in them. And on any day, probably a max of 30 working there. So that's the situation right now. So in order for this Phuket sandbox model to work, we need more people to come into Thailand in order for you know hotels to have confidence in hiring more staff. Now, the only way that there's going to be confidence if the government start to act as if everybody's been vaccinated on the province, like I've said before, and that we just live with COVID on the island. So when we have a case, we have a case. Tourism is all about confidence and especially during this pandemic. And if we don't have confidence in the place we're going to, we're not going to go. And that confidence can only come from the government in how they're handling things. And right now, people are not confident of how they're handling things, but they don't seem to understand that. You can put a glossy tone on everything, but people see through that. Give the hard facts, explain to people this is what's going on, this is how we're going to fix the situation, and let people have confidence that you guys are doing the right thing. But I'm not quite sure they are right now. I'd love to know your opinion on it all, and as usual, please leave your opinions down in the comment section.
Now up next, 35,000 foreigners sign up for jabs. More than 35 foreign residents have registered for COVID-19 vaccines according to the foreign ministry. Spokesman Tanis Sankrat said that as of Tuesday, a total of 35,455 expatriates across the country have registered with the expat.consular.go.th for vaccination services. Of them, 7,793 are over 60, 2,500 have underlying health conditions and 143 are pregnant. The registration site for COVID-19 vaccinations was launched on Sunday morning for all foreign residents in all provinces across the country who have not yet received a dose. Mr. Tani said the priority will be given to those aged 60 and over, those who are at least 12 weeks pregnant, and those who have seven of the underlying medical conditions. The applicants will be informed of the date and place for the first dose of vaccination when their slots are ready. Now that is a positive note. Well done to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs for getting that sorted out for expats here in Thailand. Now, it should be noted, and I think it should be glaringly obvious, it's not the Ministry of Foreign Affairs' job to be looking after expats and arranging vaccinations within Thailand. And I think that's a telling sign. The Ministry for Foreign Affairs' job is to look after Thais abroad and convey foreign policy to foreign governments. It is not to arrange expat vaccinations, and that should be the job of the Ministry of Public Health. One might ask why the Ministry of Public Health is unable to do this. And it does point back to many months ago where the official line from the Ministry of Public Health was highs only. And I have a feeling that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs have had to interject themselves into this whole thing to get vaccinations for expats. Because I think if it was left to the Minister of Public Health here in Thailand, expats would be back of the list. Takeaways and malls allowed only by phone at specified pickup locations. Takeaway food and malls is only allowed at specified pickup locations according to the CCSA following confusion and complaints that delivery is the only option under newly imposed semi-lockdown measures. Either order food through delivery apps to be delivered or call the restaurant to be ordered for collection. This means eateries and malls will organize an area in supermarkets for pickup and for waiting with social distancing. Meanwhile, Thai PBS talked to those who order through delivery apps, with some working from home for a month and mostly ordering more food from shopping centres due to a wider variety. Some of them said, however, that they prefer to walk in and order themselves, as delivery apps may cost a lot more. Some shopping centres, such as Central Lat Prao, have increased their preventative measures, especially in the delivery services, to add convenience for restaurants and for the customer. They also came up with promotions to encourage more customers to order food through the delivery apps. Now, it's hard to believe that they actually came up with a plan for shopping center restaurants, specific for shopping center restaurants, while restaurants outside that weren't in the shopping center seemed to have their own rules. Now, I was listening to a girl on YouTube, I forget where it was, and she was talking exactly about this problem, that she worked in a shopping center. And when she wanted to get food, she would have to order to grab food or food panda or whoever. And then they would have to deliver it to her in her office in the shopping center. She literally couldn't walk downstairs, pick up the order and then go back to her office. Now that's just ridiculous. And it just shows the thinking behind so much of this stuff. They never think anything out. There's no practicality to anything. It's just make a rule. Will that work? Let's think about it. Ah, we don't care. And continue. That's how they are. And it really does show the lack of experience in planning that these guys really have. One rule for a restaurant in a shopping center and a different rule for a restaurant outside 
It's just craziness. But finally, somebody, the penny dropped somewhere along the way and somebody said, oh, we better come up with a solution for takeaway inside in the restaurant. Because to be honest, most people weren't ordering. The restaurants were saying it's not worth their while just to open up for some food delivery app. And they're probably right. What do you think about it all? Do you think it's just more nonsense from this government? I'd love to hear what you have to say. 61 people, mostly teenagers, arrested for having a birthday party on the beach in Songkla. As Thailand continues to fight against rising COVID-19 infections, law enforcement also accelerates efforts to crack down on illegal gatherings. According to the Sankla governor, 61 people, mostly youth, were arrested last night on Wang Nao Beach in the Na Tipsub district. They were reportedly drinking alcohol, socializing, mingling and partying with many allegedly not social distancing or wearing masks according to the police. Additionally, loud music was playing from parked cars nearby and most of the youths appeared to be celebrating a birthday party according to police. Sankla is a maximum control province which means that gatherings of over five people are prohibited and all gatherings around alcohol parties or entertainment style events are currently illegal. Penalties under the emergency decree could mean up to years in jail and stiff fines. Governor Jarawat stated the youth were also violating Sankha Provincial Communicable Disease Committee orders which could bring additional fines and penalties. Of the 61 people at the event, 30 were under the age of 18, police stated. The juveniles, who will also face charges for consumption of alcohol if they were under 20, will be sentenced at the Juvenile and Family Court in Sankla Province. The adults were taken to Natoi Provincial Court, with the governor warning the maximum penalties would be considered for people violating COVID-19 rules and, in his words, placing the community at risk. Yeah, a little silly trying to have a party in a maximum control zone, though it does make you wonder have they been doing it before because they so blatantly went out of their way to have it. Probably thought, well, we've been doing this before and nobody's ever said anything because it seems like a very odd thing to do. Because I think they have curfew in those maximum control zones as well. So I don't know. It's probably been going on before that and nobody said anything really. Now and finally, 100,000 people in home isolation. Nearly 100,000 people, COVID-19 patients in Bangkok, have now been placed in home isolation as cases continue to soar in the country. Thailand logged a record 20,920 new daily cases and 160 fatalities on Thursday. The number of patients in home isolation in Bangkok reached almost 100,000 as of August 5th, said Ms. Apsami, assistant spokeswoman for the Centre of COVID-19 Situation Administration on Thursday. The CCSA Operations Centre was also briefed on the work of 232 centres set up to look after patients in home isolation in the capital, she said. All sectors are working hard to ensure that people are looked after safely and quickly. She added the Department of Health Services support under the Public Health Ministry has amended regulations to allow the public to buy antigen tests for self-testing. The Food and Drug Administration has approved 19 antigen brands and more companies are expected to submit proposals for approval, she said adding that antigen tests must be brought at hospitals or pharmacies. Antigen tests are not permitted to be sold online or at convenience stores, she said. Now, in relation to the home isolation support, this is something that people have been asking for for a long time because basically what's been happening is people who get COVID-19 had to go to a government facility to isolate. So you were just in this big field hospital, which didn't look very comfortable at best, and you would have to stay there until you tested basically ne- negative for COVID-19. Now, I think it was a minimum of 10 days that you would be there anyway. And after that, you'd be tested until you became negative. So finally, they've come up with a better idea. Rather than have to build all these field hospitals, we put people into home isolation. 
Now, there's a couple of things, the support you get if you're in home isolation, right? You get three meals a day, so they will deliver three meals a day to you. You'll get a thermometer, you'll get an oximeter, you'll get some essential medicine that you might need, and you'll also then have telemedical consulting with doctors and nurses, depending on your symptoms or your need. That is a very positive step for this government, and it's something that they've done quite well now. Hopefully that will continue all throughout the country and not just in Bangkok because there is no need for people who have no symptoms to be shacked up in a field hospital when maybe they have a room they can stay in and go through that. And I think that's the best way forward. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.